Welcome to the Sedona Soul Sister Show, down-to-earth discussions on spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal, and healing topics. The Sedona Soul Sisters are the most trusted psychic mediums in Sedona. They have offices in Sedona, Arizona, where they see clients from all over the world. And now, today's show. Hi, I'm Ivory, and this is Roz. Our topic today is poltergeist phenomenon. Before we jump into that, we want to say hello to all of our listeners in Seattle, Washington, just watching the numbers grow up there. Thanks for being here week after week and supporting our show. We really appreciate you. Uh, Everybody who tunes in week after week, thank you. Uh, poltergeist phenomena. When we first talked about doing this topic, I, I don't know, it always makes me want to laugh because of some experiences I've had, but it's not always funny. <laughs> if you if you remember the movie Poltergeist from the 70s, <laughs> how it started off with the really ha 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 things, like all the cupboard doors were open and then ha ha ha, the chairs were suddenly stacked up on top of the table in an instant. Oh, that's amusing and interesting. And then it went downhill into something not poltergeist from there. So people have interesting, maybe skewed ideas of what poltergeist activity is. But the difference between a poltergeist activity and ghosts or a haunting can be difficult to determine. And, you know, I've had paranormal investigative teams for years. We didn't see a whole lot of poltergeist activity. But while ghost and haunting is the result of spirit energy, poltergeist activity is the result of psychic energy generated, and it's usually unconsciously by a person referred to as the agent. And did you know that it's very often a child, in a, pre, a, pu, a person who's going through puberty is what I'm trying to say, a child going through puberty I could see how they could generate that energy having had a child go through puberty. You've done that quite a bit, Roz, with your children. Yeah, I can totally get it. (laughs) I'd rather they direct their energy into that than some other things teenagers could do. (laughs) I wonder how many people have poltergeist activity in their home or business and don't even realize it because you know that that natural thing people do like, oh, weird, I must have left that cupboard open or, oh, ooh, I, I have I have a, a, a poltergeist that thinks it's really funny to open a particular door. It's where I keep my oven mitts, my pot holders, and it doesn't open by itself. It's It shuts very firmly, but almost always when I'm in the kitchen, I turn around and the door is open. I think that's really funny. I'm glad that's pretty much all it's doing so far. <laughs> Just a little reminder. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> you do not live alone. <laughs> and there is no child in my house. So I'm not 100% sure that's a poltergeist because there's no child in my house to generate that energy. Unless I'm doing it myself and don't even know it, you know. I just started to say, maybe it's your childlike inner self. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I do love to go to Disney World. Disneyland, I should say. I do love that. Uh, And I don't know if you knew this, Roz. There's seven kinds of poltergeist activity. I did not know that. I did not know that either. But, you know, when we start doing research for these episodes that are not necessarily our expertise in our work, but certainly things our listeners are interested in, find out all kinds of things. 
Um, but just know because you experience or you think you experience one or more of these activities we're going to talk about doesn't mean there's definitely a poltergeist in your home. They could be more mundane everyday causes, and you'll see what I mean. And for example, smells of unknown origin could be wafting in from an open window or a vent. Lights flickering on and off can be faulty wiring. In, in our area, it's usually a storm coming through. I see the lights flicker and I go run for the candles because it won't be long before I'm enjoying some darkness. <laughs> and I, I am, Roz is too, you know, for the people who do the work we do, we are very logical people. We are very grounded. And so we look for natural explanations where, you know, I they call that um, debunking on these, these ghost hunting shows, but I just call it being logical. Let's look for the logical reasons for some things might be happening before we jump to paranormal poltergeist kind of things. You know, it's not all something paranormal. So a true poltergeist activity uh, is actually pretty rare. And a professional investigator might be able to help you determine the cause of what you're experiencing. I'm going to tell you, it's almost always those young teens. <laughs> Sometimes children nearing the teenage too. So the first one, the first type is disappearing objects. What is that? If you didn't know we were talking about poltergeists and you heard disappearing objects, where would your mind go, Roz? I would think that was normal. <laughs> yeah, I would think it's spirits taking things. Yeah, is what I would think because they do it. They do it to me regularly. Absolutely. I Sometimes think the things thing come back. You just realize early on that these um, spirits, they have the ability to materialize things out of your frequency and into another and then bring it back. And I mean, it's just a lifetime of that. But I would not have thought of that as a poltergeist activity necessarily. And the first thing they talk about made me think about you because there's a little game we used to play at Sedona Soul Sisters called Where's Roz's Keys? That's why I bought her a little electronic device to find her keys. <laughs> you know, I have taken to, I've become so, after years and years and years of this, I have a little, um, one of those clips that you buy at the hardware store. And I actually clip my keys into my purse now. My purse has a ring on it. And it's supposed to be for a for like a shoulder strap. That is my official key attaching loop. And I am so diligent about it because it's it just drives me nuts when my keys just disappear. So for the people out there who have disappearing keys and things going on, did it work? Have they gone missing since you started doing that? No. There and you know, folks. I know people will think that, you know, a part of my mind is, and that would be true, um, but I actually talk to the spirits very frequently. Like, I have to have these keys. I I cannot be without these keys. So leave them alone. <laughs> well, you know, you put your keys down, you put your phone down, you put a hairbrush down, you turn around and it's gone. You and your family search Two for it. You search later. for it everywhere. It's nowhere to be found. And then later days, it could be weeks, could be months later, boom, it mysteriously reappears in the very place where you put it. 
Or more bizarrely, you find it in a ridiculous place like high on a bookshelf or in a shoebox in a closet or some other spot you'd never put it in a million years. And that's the disappearing object phenomenon. Yeah. Someplace you never would have thought to put it. You would have never. I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah, I love to tell stories. And this is true. When I was living with a boyfriend in the Phoenix area, and we had a house that with a lot of spirit activity, uh, there was a, a spirit that lived there named Freddie. And we were taking our paranormal investigative team to Crown King, which is a kind of art of his four wheel drive journey up a mountain. And we had to leave at a certain time. And the recorder, our recorder for EVPs was missing. And I had put it in the bag. I kept everything in our bag for these investigations. We are searching frantically high and low. And I finally just stopped and I said, listen, Freddie, put those, put that recorder back where it belongs. Bring it to me right now. And do you know that my boyfriend went to put his shoes on, his boots on, which he hadn't worn in two years. And it was down in the toe of the boot. And, and we've used it the week before. So there's no way we could have put it in the toe of a boot. That's a good example. Like we're just like shaking our heads. Like we had to tell the group, well, it's already started. We're not even left yet. And it's already started. <laughs> it is amazing what they, what they come up with. I, I had a, my boyfriend's daughter was living with us in the same house and she had a little hoodie she liked. She was sitting out on our back patio in our lovely flowery yard in a chair, in like a little rocker chair. She came inside and she realized later she left her hoodie. She went out. Now the wall, it's walled in. Phoenix likes to wall your yards in like a prison yard. So we had like about an eight foot tall cinder block wall with no gate. Uh, there's no entrance exit through, except through the house. She goes out to get her hoodie and it's gone. She asked if we knew where it was. No, we're looking all over for this hoodie. Months later, it showed back up on the swing in the backyard. And it was in perfect condition. It hadn't been left outside somewhere. But it's like, it can just make you feel like you're going crazy when this stuff is happening. Have you had that happen with things other than keys, Roz? Oh, yes. Over the years, absolutely. And I have gotten to the point where I am talking, I'm literally talking to whichever spirit decided to have this little adventure with me and create drama. And I'm saying, would you please give that back to me? I need it now. I can't wait. You know, you can't decide you're going to give it back in a month. I need it today. And I'll walk into another room and there it is. And I know that I did not put it there. I did not leave it there. It's just the most interesting adventure. But I don't really think of that as a poltergeist. No, but and that's why they're saying just because you've had one or even a few of these doesn't mean you have a poltergeist. But these are some of the things poltergeists do. The next one is objects levitating or thrown. I haven't seen an object levitate, but I have seen something get thrown. Yeah. So you're sitting there watching TV, totally engrossed in a movie, and suddenly the bowl of popcorn you've been eating from rises from the coffee table, floats through the air, and then drops to the floor. Or you're having a loud argument with your teenager, and as they storm out of the room, books and knickknacks fall off the shelf as if reacting to that 
person's anger. You're shaking your head, Rise. You, you've experienced yeah. this, haven't you? Yes, I have. Was it your daughter? It was my children, a couple of them, actually. And I got in a very um, strong-willed uh, disagreement with my mother when I was, I was right around, I think I had just turned 15. And that's a very emotionally, you know, active time, just getting through everything. And I remember I walked through the living room of our house. And we, you know, I grew up in a pretty small little house from one end of the living room to the other. And my mother had installed some shelves along the wall and she had her picture frames of all the family photos across this one shelf. And they were all in a picture frame that had a metal and I, I've always had interesting effects with metal. And when I walked by and I was just seething, they all, each and every one of them went thunk and fell forward. And a lot of them, the glass broke. And no. yeah. And, and your I, mom loved that. Well, my mom came <laughs> in and she was going, why did you do that? I said, I didn't do it. <laughs> But it was definitely my energy. And I I have no doubt that uh, my energy was pulling in all kinds of things during that time in my life. I was always like super kind person and pretty quiet. And I hold my emotions in, especially as a teenager. But I, this whole thing makes me think about an incident that I am sure oh. my energy caused. It was not intentional. But my mom, we were having a bunch of people over for the house, to the house to eat a big meal. And I was in my 20s. So I was an adult. I had a daughter myself. And mom had me carry this big Corel uh, container full of scalloped potatoes to the table. And she knows I really, that's one of the things I truly dislike. And I was thinking, oh, I hope I can get out of not eating this. And the bowl broke apart. Like as I'm holding it by the two handles, it literally disintegrated and two gallons of scalloped potatoes went down oh on the carpet. God. And I, my mom was so mad. She's like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, why is this so not in my character? Why would I do that? There's nothing I don't want to eat bad enough to throw food on a floor. And I would never disrespect my mom like that. But that was her reaction. She thought that I dropped it because I hate potatoes so much. But I remember being so stunned that I'm holding it and then it just was gone. And of course, it was hot. Too. It was hot. It was very hot. So I splattered yeah. hot food all over my feet, my legs. Oh my gosh. But, uh, it, I never, I will not forget that because it was so mystifying. Like the bowl seemed to split in half. The container wasn't a bowl. It was like a big casserole dish. And it was right out of the oven and it split down the middle and suddenly the handles were just gone out of my hands. Like it was, it fell apart. May, I look back on that now and I think probably my energy did do it because there were other things going on that were making me mad and I didn't feel like I could say anything. And that, and then having the thought of eating that was just over the top. <laughs> And but that's, that's the only thing I can think of that I might have done. There's other weird things with electricity, but that's another story. Have you ever seen anything levitate like that, Roz? 
Now, I've always just seen things suddenly be thrown or suddenly just fly off of wherever they are located and hit wherever they're going. So I think that's definitely, you know, an energetic response. Not convinced that my energy hasn't done that too. Because, you know, usually, unfortunately, you know, when I'm mad, I've had a lot of people tell me, but I finally get to the point where I'm mad. My energy is just incredibly intense. So I have to be very careful. I can vouch for that. <laughs> is, I'd like I to just to say, very do not get Russ mad. Yeah. And she's mad. Steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with her when she's hungry. <laughs> yeah, when she's angry. <laughs> My team was investigating Hotel Vendome in Prescott, which is known for being haunted. This woman lived there with her cat. She was kind of the caretaker. She died in this room, and we specifically requested that room. It was a good, we did this at night. There was quite a bit of us, maybe 12 of us in this little room, and it's raining hard outside. And we were just starting our investigation. We had video, and so we did get this on video. There's a heavy brass plate with that said no smoking, and it was on top of the TV. And we're, as we're talking, I saw something fly out of my peripheral vision, and no one was sitting over there. And that heavy brass no smoking plate flew five feet across the room, went between two of the members, and landed on the floor. And we're all just okay. All right, here we go. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Uh, that's the only thing I ever like saw fly across the room, and there was nobody over there to possibly do that. Interesting. It's amazing these things that um, are generated out of these energies that people have. I mean, we all have this. Well, it's all energy ability. It is that it's physics, really. It's the energy of our intensity. I'm so glad more people are getting that or and willing to accept that why energy is so important and how that fits in with with metaphysical work. But uh, be aware that it doesn't if it's poltergeist activity, it doesn't have to be something big like that. It can be like a tiny little tic tac box sliding an inch over. You know, it doesn't have to be something really dramatic. So, but also there's been reports of things like appliances, like a heavy refrigerator levitating off the kitchen floor. So there's there's anything you've seen in a movies pretty much has happened. They probably over dramatize it, but it's happened. Well, the there's next some one, fascinating videos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You watch a lot of those, Rise. Yeah, I do. I I watch a lot of uh paranormal television and videos and uh, it, there's some amazing, um, I don't know if I would attribute all of those things to poltergeist activity. No, it's for spirits. It's hard to make that delineation. That's but, the yeah. whole point. I think it has to be almost like all of these things. And then it's how it happens, which we'll talk a little bit more. The next one I think is tricky because it's scents and odors. And, you know, that's something like when you're working with a uh, dark entities like there's sense associated with that that there's no source of but this is different let's say uh, we've had this at the office nobody in our office smokes there's no smoking allowed in the building or on the grounds but we will smell like a, a pipe or a cigar kind of smell in our offices at Sedona Soul Sisters yeah 
And everyone, everyone in every suite in our section of the building has reported that. We just found out like we're all experiencing it. So it's got to be some spirit that was there for a long time. But if if you're dressing for bed and suddenly an overpowering scent of lilacs and you don't you don't have anything scented lilac, that's also associated with spirit though. My grandma was an Avon lady. And when she comes to visit, my house smells of all the mixers of Avons that her house smelled <laughs> like. I can always tell when grandma's been around. <laughs> yeah. Or, and my granddad who smoked a pipe, I'll smell his cherry vanilla pipe tobacco. So, um, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like some of these, if you just have one or two of these, maybe it's a spirit. Likely it's a spirit, but also poltergeist can do this. So even um, be logical, you know, could that be pulling in from the neighbor's dinner? Could it be that something you walked, you were in a space where someone was wearing lilac perfume and it got on the clothing you wore, you know, look into these logical explanations first. But unexplainable sense odors can be a sign of spirit activity, residual haunting, and poltergeist. Honestly, I think the next one's the trickiest thing. Electricity interference. People write it off all the time as, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, weird, the lights keep flickering, or, oh, weird, my computer's acting up. But we know how much spirit likes to use electronics. They love it. It's one of the easiest things for them to manipulate. Why not poltergeist? There's some, you know, a lot of correlation between electrical energy and spirit. Can and you talk about what happens when Ed goes down a street at night? <laughs> her her boyfriend Ed has this interesting effect. He has a really something about his frequency. We can drive into a parking lot of a shopping area at night or we can drive down a road and right before we get underneath the street lamps they turn off and after we go by they turn back on <laughs> and we've we've been observing this for years and we laugh about it but there's something definitely in his frequency that alters the you know the impulse of that frequency and how it interacts with those light fixtures. I think if he decided to get furious, he could generate that kind of poltergeist activity. I have no doubt. He's he's just got a lot of intensity of his frequency. When I worked at a radio station, it was automated. And my office was right outside of the automation area. Fine, all well and good. But if I walked within six feet of the automation equipment, it'd knock us off the air. So eventually <laughs> it got so noticeable, like so many people saw it happen. And the owner of the station is finally like, listen, you're not allowed to get within six feet. Even if I said, even if the alarm's going off and I'm the only person here, yes, <laughs> do not go near it because we would be off air. They'd have to call the engineer to get us back on. So, you know, that was just like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. It was something about my energy. So, you know, you might be having an effect on things or a child in your house might be having effects on things. Light, we talked about this earlier, lights flickering. Your child gets mad and lights flicker. 
your child gets upset and the TV starts to act up or turn on or turn off. I've had, I have a lot of that at my house, turning on or turning off. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things. I'm mad at Alexa. Alexa's on restriction in my house because she keeps turning herself on with no noise in the house going, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said. It's not, I didn't say anything. So you're freaking me out. You're out. <laughs> Turning on other things, remote control things, you know, but it can be, um, it can be other things too, like appliances that suddenly turn themselves on. Uh, energy can do this. And, and someone, if someone in your house has an anger issue, then I think that's the first place you look. That's absolutely true. Because that totally alters your frequency. It does. I mean, I know sometimes certain people, uh, as a as an empath, I pick up a lot of emotions. And if they're a person who rages, I told Roz, I'll get home and for a few days I'll I'll find myself raging, and it's scary. Like the amount of energy I'm putting out, I don't even like it in me. It, it feels very discombobulating. So, I would imagine it's that kind of thing. Um, we're going to have to finish this conversation over on on Patreon because we have actually gone overtime. Bad, bad podcast host, but that's okay. You can join us over on our Patreon page. It's called Sedona Soul Sisters and hear more about this. We'll be glad to share it with you. Tune in next Friday. Our topic is trusting your intuition. Um, how do you how do you get to a place of trust with what you're receiving? This question keeps coming up again and again. Apparently, we need to readdress this in more depth. So we will do that. And in the meantime, we hope you have an enlightening week. Thank you for listening to the Sedona Soul Sisters show. If you'd like more information about the Sedona Soul Sisters and their services, visit their website at SedonaSoulSisters.com. Subscribe to our show here so you don't miss a thing. All of us at Sedona Soul Sisters Hope you have an enlightening week.